Welcome to the South Fellowship Church Podcast. Here at South Fellowship, we exist to help people live in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. I think I have my mic on. Yeah. Good morning. It is a treat to be with you today. Today is a first for me um, to be with you actually as a guest. Um, maybe many of you, oh, I forgot my clicker. <laughs> um, many of you may remember back in October. Thank you. Um, you guys right here um, watched as God, it was inviting me to kind of take a step out and off of the staff here at South Fellowship Church and take a new assignment in God's kingdom. And I know many of you may want a little update, so I thought maybe I'd give a little update first and then we could dive into the scriptures. But South, I just love you guys. Even though I'm coming here as a guest, you guys have just such a special place in my heart. And whether or not um, your new face is here, and maybe you don't know me, or you've um, known me for a long time, I just, I love this community. I love that, the, that this community loves Jesus, and that you constantly want more, and want him to be effective in your life. And so I love that we get to do series like this on listening to the voice of God and keep taking steps in that direction. And that's a huge part of what I'm doing now with Chronic Hope and Healing. We want to teach about God's kingdom and make God's healing accessible. Any ways that people have been caught up or stuck from past trauma and emotional or spiritual roots to that, we wanna let God expose that so that people can be set free. And we are seeing God set people free. Every time we gather in God's presence, he shows up in a way that is so beautiful and has testimonies to share. And we keep seeing people being freed of, of addictions, being freed of like constant paranoia and even things like not feeling like they have the choice to choose because there's some type of like agreement or enemy influence that doesn't actually open up the door to agree with God. And so by breaking those things, we are seeing people be set free and living life and other people giving testimony to the ways that they're changing and, and that those things aren't um, keeping them down in, and in stuckness. <laughs> And one story I just wanted to share with you is that there was um, a woman who came to us and, and she obviously felt stuck in her addiction and by coming through our prayer ministry and our care and community, she has now fully surrendered her life to Jesus. And we are excited to, to see several of our individuals that we're working with be baptized, hopefully in a couple weeks. And like, that is what God is doing when we go to prayer. And so we are delighted in that. We also, um, one kind of struggle that we continue to work through is just uh, space. So we're, right now we're kind of sharing different spaces and, and meeting with one-on-one -on -one people, you know, one-on-one -on -one care, and we're meeting in groups in different spaces, but we dream to actually have a house where we could work and have some offices and create spaces for workshops and different ways to care around a meal or around a worship kind of gathering in a living room. And we just feel like so con like convinced that the Lord wants to heal people like back in the home. And so that's just a prayer of ours. We would love for you to pray with us. Or if you have a house that you just want to donate, we're totally open to that too. <laughs> um, and we all we do wanna make this ministry as cost effective as possible. And so we've had some monthly donors and some one-time givers continue to, to support and we're at about 25% per month. Um, and we would love to have even more people just seed into the work that God is doing and, and be blessed as a partner. So if any of that um, resonates with you or you have questions, I'd love to tell you more about what we do with Chronic Hope and Healing. And please keep praying for us. Please keep praying for me in the process. But in the meantime, I get to share with you what God has put on my heart. And there was just a little note 
that all of these conversations that Alex wants to have around listening to the voice of God, he wants it to be more conversational. And if you guys have questions or comments or feedback, <laughs> um, he would love to hear from you. You can take a picture of this. Last week, the, um, he received some questions and, and him and Aaron were really intentional about sitting down at their Red Couch Theology Thursday and, and trying to address those questions. And just a little teaser, I think at the very end of last week, he gave a little gift card at the end for anyone who got to the end. So maybe you wanna listen and potentially get something from it. <laughs> but we want this to be a conversation. Last week, Alex started this series by asking the questions, does God speak? And does God speak to me? And he wrestled through that um, so well. It's, an, it's a journey with the voice of God, isn't it? But ultimately, we are convinced that yes, God speaks to us. And he speaks to us sometimes in loud ways, in really obvious ways, sometimes in circumstantial ways, and he also speaks in really sweet, close, dear ways. And yes, God speaks. So today's question is how? How does this happen? How does God speak? How do we hear his voice? That's, that's my question. How do we hear his voice? And if we were gonna do like a little like crossword puzzle, he gives me the, the key verse for all of this series is in John chapter 10. And he says, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them, and they follow me. If we were gonna do a little crossword, what would fit in that category? How do we hear God's voice? We listen. I'm so fortunate. I got the easiest answer of all the answers. We listen. That's what Jesus says. How do we hear his voice? We listen. So, I guess we can pack up and just go on our merry way and, and just listen to the voice of God. That's how we hear him. That's how it works. But I wonder if that answer, even though it's simple, maybe it doesn't feel so simple. I mean, I look across the room today and I know that there are various people in various places in their life with God. And maybe the like, listening has been a muscle that you've grown over so many years and you're like super buff in this listening process and you're like, yes, I got this. Or maybe you feel like, gosh, I'm just like, I haven't worked out in a while. And I don't know if I can hear him. I don't know if listening is really gonna be the answer. So today, I thought a, maybe a more helpful question as we look at God's word and we learn from God's word is actually, why are we not hearing? What's, what's happening? Because sometimes we go to him and it feels like, yeah, maybe. And sometimes we go to him and it feels like, I don't know. I don't know. Why am I not hearing? And maybe what would be helpful today in a sermon on how we hear the voice of God is actually trying to identify what it is that's coming in between us. You know, friends, we're not alone in this process. Jesus even says that his prophets, the people who usually typically hear the voice of God and speak what he says, and the religious people, the people who are church people, the people who hear, they, they want to hear from God. They want to learn from the scriptures. They, they want to walk in the way of God. Sometimes they, they long to see but don't see. And they long to hear but don't hear. So as we open up God's word today, I'm hoping that we can, we can learn maybe what could, what's coming in, in the way. And then hopefully by the end of today, we will get those things out of the way and we will hear his voice. How does that sound? Pretty good? Pretty good. Well, let's pray. Father God, King Jesus, Holy Spirit, it is your voice that we long to hear. 
So Lord, would you help us to see if there is anything, any obstacles in the way that we could remove with your good grace so that we might hear your voice. And Lord, not that this is, a, this is not a formula, but we just long to hear you. We long to know your voice. We long to learn and to exercise our muscles so that we can hear you and that, that my sheep here listen becomes, yeah, so true in our hearts today. Lord, would you help us by your spirit? Would you guide? We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it up if you want to follow along in John chapter 9. And this key verse from John chapter 10, we're going to look a little bit back into the context of which Jesus says, my sheep listen. So we got to go back to chapter 9 because it actually into chapter 10 is in the same situation. It's the same scenario. And we have Jesus, who is in Jerusalem with his people, and they are celebrating in the wintertime a celebration of Hanukkah, a, a festival of lights to remember this dedication of a second temple in Jerusalem. And if you know anything about Hanukkah or you know anything about the second temple there, is that there was this moment where the temple, like the, it was like the glory of the Lord <laughs> appeared and it allowed the light to last over an entire week. And so they, they light these candles um, to commemorate the light of God's glory and his presence. And in the midst of this festival, we meet a character. Jesus went along and saw a man blind from birth. Jesus said this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. In the middle of a festival of light, we find a, a blind man, void of light. Literally, he's not been able to see light any day of his life. Not one day, not an entire week. And Jesus says, this blind man who is blind from birth is about to demonstrate God's glory. And Jesus continues on. And he, he starts spitting on the ground. Now this is where this part gets real gross. So if you need to cover your ears, cover your ears. But he uses his spittle on the ground to, to start to, to move the dust around. Now, in my imagination, I'm like, how much spit do you really need to make mud? Like, this could take a while. I don't know. So who knows how much he's spitting on the ground. And just as a side note, remember that the religious leaders don't care, like you're not supposed to spit and use spittle on the Sabbath day. So, and then he's literally kneading this, this dust of the ground together. And so he's doing work upon work and literally spitting on the religious law. Anyways, so he's making this mud out of his saliva. And he proceeds to put the mud on the blind man's eyes. Now, I don't know if you're the blind man, what you're thinking, but maybe you don't know that it's from spit, but <laughs> because you didn't see it happen. <laughs> um, and, but what's the difference between being blind and having mud on your eyes? You still can't see. Jesus says to him, go. Wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. And so the man went, and he washed, and he came home seen. In this beautiful story, this blind man goes from never seeing the light of day to now witnessing it right in front of him. The light is let in. And he goes around and, and we get to meet his neighbors in this story and we meet his parents in this story and we also meet the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. And I wanna pick up in verse 39, just the very end of, 
of this chapter and see what Jesus has to say to these Pharisees and then the story that he starts to tell them. Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard this and they asked, what? Are we blind too? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim to see, your guilt remains. Truly, truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by another way, he's a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used a figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Let me read that part again. The Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. So if we're going to see ourselves in this passage and see why are we not hearing the voice of God, I think we have to ask, why are these Pharisees not hearing Jesus? The very central key word that I think ties together the story of the blind man and this parable of the shepherd and the sheep is a word, anoigo, to open. We see in this passage that the, the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd of the sheep, and that's when the sheep hear his voice. And earlier, if we were to have read more of the details, we would know that his neighbors, the ones who had seen him formally begging, said, isn't this the same man who used to beg on the street blind? How now are your eyes opened? The same root, root word to open is in the opening of the gate in the shepherd and sheep story and the opening of his eyes. So here we have such an ironic thing that the blind man, the one who was blind in that moment when he heard Jesus' voice and obeyed, he was open. He was a noigo. And the Pharisees, they were closed. And I wonder if that's part of why we have a hard time hearing the voice of God. Because we're closed. Maybe we don't want to hear his voice. We don't really know what that's going to entail or what, that, what it's going to say or what it's going to sound like. And we're closed. But I think in this question, um, the Pharisees are closed. Okay, Lord, then what is it that's making them closed? And can we get to a, a deeper angle? And I think the very first thing is that they don't trust Jesus. He's coming and he's literally spitting on their law. And they're like, who are you? Who do you think you are? I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And their hearts are, sorry, I'm closed. <laughs> I'm, I'm closed. I don't want anything to do with you. If anything, I won't. they were looking out to condemn him and to find some way in the law that they could hang him on so that they could give him consequences for his poor and unreligious behavior. So for us, in what ways is our heart have a, a, a sign on the outside of it that says, sorry, we're closed? If you think about this in, 
in a business, why would a, why would a store be closed? Maybe the owners are distracted, they're going off to play in the mountains, they just don't even care about the business of opening their shop. Maybe, maybe we have people that have not, have felt like Jesus like broke their trust. And I don't want, I don't want, to, I don't want to open up to God's voice. I don't want to open up my shop because the people that come in or the, the ones who might speak, maybe they've hurt me. Or maybe they just don't care. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know where your story is and what that, where your trust level is with the Lord and is with, the, with God. But I think in this case, whether he was speaking to his disciples or to various Pharisees, his longing is that they truly would open to him and they really would trust him. He says that he is the shepherd of the sheep. And I think the invitation for us in our life of trust with God is to receive that Jesus is the good shepherd and he is trustworthy to open to. The story keeps going on and, and he proves his trustworthiness. The main basis for the good shepherd's trustworthiness is that he says he lays down his life for his sheep. There's a whole bunch of robbers and thieves and even wolves and it's like Jesus said, I'm willing as a shepherd to actually let myself be overtaken by the wolves so that you might be saved. That's an incredible gift that the shepherd lays down his life. That is incredible love. He goes on to say that the hired hand, he's not the shepherd, he would run away. No, the shepherd and Jesus, he has already sacrificed himself to the wolves of evil on your behalf, crucifying it on a cross. And by his authority, he can take it back up again, he says. So that's the kind of shepherd that we can trust, is someone that's willing to unconditionally love us and sacrifice himself for us. This same shepherd who sacrifices, he knows his sheep. He knows us deep down. He created us. He knows the hairs on our head. He knows every thought before we think it, every word that's on our tongue. That's the kind of God that we go to, to say, speak to me. This is who I'm listening to. And, and the kind of God that wants to bring everyone together and unify us as one flock with one shepherd that kind of welcoming arms. He doesn't want these, these Pharisees to be closed. He wants to extend an invitation for them to open. And I think he wants the same for us. So the invitation today is to lay down those ways that, that maybe we felt like God isn't trustworthy. Maybe things that, that we feel like we don't know where we're at with him. And maybe that requires sitting with a spiritual director or a counselor or a pastor or a friend and, and trying to work through that because the goal of actually being able to hear God's voice has to come with a prayer, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. So even now, right now where we are, let's just pray that to him directly. Lord, I trust you. I wanna listen. I wanna hear your voice. And I'm willing to lay down the things that I feel like you're not trustworthy, but you are the true shepherd. You are trustworthy. You, you have laid down your life for me and you know me completely and you continually extend your open arms to me. Lord, I trust you. So that's the first invitation to, 
to combat the ways that we are closed like the Pharisees. The second way that we're closed to the Pharisees is that they felt guilt. I don't know how many of you feel guilt when you hear, you just listen. But the Pharisees felt guilt. Jesus even pointed out their guilt in a very blatant way. He said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim to see, your guilt remains. So the Pharisees here, there's actually differences of ways the Pharisees are receiving this word. It said that they were divided. There were different responses to Jesus' words. But some of them felt guilty. They felt laid bare. Like, ooh, you caught me. And I wonder how often we close to God because we think that if we start to open to him, wow, he is going to do a deep, dark search and he's going to find some really crazy stuff. Like he's going to look at everything that I ever thought, everything that I ever did. And I don't know if I want to do that. Maybe there's, there's fear there to, to really open to God to really open to his voice, whatever he would say. Maybe we carry just shame, like, oh, he's gonna just, he's gonna find out how bad I really am. And I don't want him to, I don't want him to speak into that. But the whole point of listening to God's voice is actually that we would be set free. Jesus is not drawing this out because he wants the Pharisees to feel condemned. He wants to actually reveal to them who they are in the story so that they would know the truth and that truth would set them free. And these Pharisees should know who they are in the story. There's a whole bunch of characters. We've got robbers and we've got the shepherd, we've got the gatekeeper, the sheep, And we have the strangers. These are the ones that come into the pen and they speak, but nobody follows them. The sheep don't follow. And friends, they should know that they are the false shepherds. The reason they should know is because these individuals have studied the Old Testament scriptures like nobody. They are the experts in the law. And if they're the experts in the law, they would have read Ezekiel chapter 34. And this is a whole prophecy of sheep and shepherd language. So they should know. They should know that the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel and said, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy against the religious leaders. Ah, shepherds who have been feeding yourselves. Should you not feed the sheep? So the sheep were scattered because there was no shepherd. As I live, declares the Lord, surely because my sheep have become prey and my sheep have become food to the wild beasts, therefore hear the word of the Lord. Those are just a few verses from there. Those leaders should know that they're the false shepherds, the ones that seem that they're feeding themselves and they're they're lacking giving true food to their sheep. And the sheep are un, they don't care about false food, (laughs) food that doesn't nourish them. They need real food. They're longing and craving for real food. And Jesus, or this is the Lord God who's declaring this. He says, I know that that's true of those religious leaders, but I myself will be their shepherd. I will be the shepherd. I will make them lie down. He says, I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. I will rescue my flock. They will no longer be prey, and I will be the judge between sheep and sheep. He says it's up to him. He's the the true shepherd. And these Pharisees should know that they're the false shepherds when Jesus starts to use this kind of language. But with that, Jesus gives them this picture 
not to condemn them, but to separate and to show them the truth so that they would turn and be saved. If they know that they're the false shepherds, they can say, yeah, that's true of me, but you are the true shepherd. Jesus says in this that it's for judgment that he comes to see the, so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. He's, he's separating. That's kind of judgment of separation. And it's whoever hears his words and believes in him will not be judged, but will be crossed over from death to life. That's what he wants. When the voice of the God of the universe shows up, who is the the good, true shepherd, and he speaks, he brings that kind of separation, that kind of conviction, and that's a good kind of guilt. It's a kindness that leads us to repentance. So when he brings out something that's true, it's for our good and it's for our freedom. So we, we can freely lay down our fear and our shame and say, Lord, I trust you. And also, Lord, search my heart because your words truly set me free. We listen with an openness to hearing whatever he would say, even if it's hard news, it's good news. So let's just ask him that that prayer right now. Lord God, there may be some fear and some shame or some guilt when it comes to trying to open to you It seems like, God, that when you show up, the first thing that humans do is they say, I'm afraid, don't speak to me. (laughs) And that you say, do not be afraid. We can trust your voice. We can trust your kindness that leads to repentance. Even your, your judgments that lead to bringing us from death to life. Lord, would you search us? Would you open our hearts to be searched? We pray. The last reason I think that the Pharisees are closed is I think they have the wrong gatekeeper. There's there's an interesting character of a gatekeeper in this story. And he says, that the gatekeeper is the one who opens the door for the shepherd, and the shepherd listen to his voice. Later, we see that Jesus says that he's the gate, and whoever enters through him will be saved. So when there's this opening, there's, there's a character that's opening the gate, and Jesus is saying that he is the gate. But the strange thing, is that Jesus is referring to an old ancient pasture and and fencing that doesn't have either. It doesn't have a gate and it doesn't have a gatekeeper. So who is the gatekeeper? I think that's a question that we have to ask. And, And in the case of the Pharisees, who was their gatekeeper? I suspect that their gatekeeper is their religious laws. The fact that they were measuring the listening or not listening to the voice of the the Jesus who, who healed the man with his mud on the blind man's eyes. And he said, nope, we're not gonna listen to you. You spit on the Sabbath and you made work on the Sabbath, and therefore you don't deserve any place in my life to speak any truth into this place. And do we do the same? Do we have a religious kind of structure or heart that says, no, Jesus, you're showing up in ways that I don't want you to show up. I would rather you show up just in this way And maybe you want to show me that you could show up in all these other ways. 
The example that comes to mind is, is some people that, that really think that the only way that God speaks to us is through God's word. But he's a living, active, engaging, triune God who has always worked through amazing ways throughout all the story of our human existence. He's shown up in grand and miraculous ways and he's shown up in spirit-infused ways and in dreams and in messages and in revelations. So do we, do we close the gate because we have a gatekeeper of religion? Or do we open to whatever God might say? And as I look around, I feel like there's another thing that's happening, is another gatekeeper that actually has let everything in, every false shepherd in. And the gatekeeper is culture. The fact that we open wide to what, whatever you wanna say, and the result is that we've scattered the sheep. They're all over the place. I look on Instagram, and, I'm, and I go from one influencer to the next influencer to the next, and they've all got different messages. And we are literally invited to follow them, to start a following, or to unfollow. So, so have we taken a gatekeeper of culture, or our own opinion about culture? And we said, actually, I'm only gonna follow this person, this person, this person, this person, because like, that's what's safe. Or do we actually have an open heart to let the Holy Spirit be our gatekeeper? That Holy Spirit, the one who is set apart to help us discern and distinguish voices that kind of, of gatekeeper is in alignment with God the Father, is in alignment with Jesus the Son. It's in alignment with everything that's been written in scripture because he doesn't change his mind. <laughs> He's been the Holy Spirit all along. And that Holy Spirit has become the amazing gift that each of us has when we when we are saved, when we are sealed by the Spirit himself. And so his Spirit will discern and speak in one voice. Last week, Pastor Alex said that, that when we hear God's voice, it's not like unfriendly to um, confirmation. And so, by this Holy Spirit, as our gatekeeper, he aligns all truth, all the truth that comes into our heart from all of those ways. It is confirmed when it is based on the character of God, based on the word of God, based on the community of fellowship in his spirit. And that is where we know and can trust that his voice is true. And we can open knowing that he is the gatekeeper. He's the best gatekeeper that we could ask for. And when Jesus said to that woman on, at the well that one day his worshipers would worship him in spirit and in truth, we need both. We do not want to be guilty of studying the scriptures diligently because we think they're going to be the answer to eternal life but miss and refuse to come to Jesus as a living being, as a risen Christ. We don't wanna be guilty of that. So we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. That is our prayer, that is our invitation to those that think that they have maybe a wrong gatekeeper. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome to teach me how to discern the word of God. Friends, how do we listen, or how do we hear the voice of God? We listen, and we do that with trust in God the Father. 
We do that in alignment and laying down our guilt and fear and shame and and welcoming him to search us. And we do that with the gatekeeper and discerner of the Holy Spirit. So we wanna do that right now. We wanna actually open to God because we wanna be the people that have ears to hear. We're gonna listen. So let's just close our eyes Become present. You can just tell him that all your Super Bowl plans are just on the side. You'll come to those later. (laughs) And today, Lord Jesus, we come with our hearts wanting to posture toward hearing from you. So friends, if you would allow me, I'm just going to read John... Uh, 10, 1 through 4. We're going to read it three times, and we're just going to try to imagine this place. Imagine a place where we're in the pasture, where we can see the sheep, where we can smell the sheep, where we can see the shepherd. And in that place, as we read this three times, we'll just continue to ask him some questions and listen for what he might have us learn or know or speak through this setting. John chapter 10. Truly, truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he brought about all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Yeah, let's read it again and continue in that setting, noticing anything that he wants to draw your attention to. Truly, truly, I tell you, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls out his own sheep by name, and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Yeah, voice of God, we ask that you would speak to us anything that we need to know about you being the shepherd. Yeah, we'll stay in the scene in our imagination and read it one more time. (laughs) Truly, truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. 
He calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Yeah, voice of God, would you let us know anything else we need to know about this scene, about us as sheep? What invitation do you have for us today? Is there anything you want us to do? We thank you, Jesus, for being the good shepherd. We thank you for wanting to lead us with your voice. May we continue to be open and cracked open to you, trusting you, trusting what you reveal in us, trusting the spirit and truth within us to continue to hear your words and do what they say. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, since I gave you this time to actually hear from God, I want to do something a little bit unusual to the, the body of South on a Sunday morning, but I would love to hear if God is speaking something directly to you today. And if you would be willing to share that, that the way in the body of Christ, when we hear God's voice and we give testimony to it, it edifies one another. And I believe that in Revelation, when he says that we'll be saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony, that we need more testimony to keep us in alignment with God in this season. So if anyone would be willing to be courageous and share what maybe the Lord revealed or spoke, it can be very simple, just specifically to you today. I have a mic and I'm gonna come around. It says, I'm good. There isn't anywhere I would lead you where I won't be. Lay down your, ex lay down your expectations and what has happened in the past. Praise him. Thank you so much. All right. I'm coming to you, Dell. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I was just impressed with the thought that after the man received his sight, he kept on seeing. Jesus gave him the gift of sight, the gift of the Spirit, mm. and so the Spirit kept ministering in his life. Beautiful. Thank you. Someone else? You're, you guys are a little more shy than first service. I couldn't stop. Okay. For me this morning, it was just really simple. And he just reminded me that he knows my name. And he calls me my name. And that calling him, calling me to follow him is not just like this corporate thing. Yeah. But that he knows me. And that just encouraged my heart today. Yeah, that little personal touch. Love it. Couple more. You guys are making me cross the service, the stage. <laughs> um, so this happened during the first service, uh, but I came back just to confirm. Um, he called me by another name. 
he called me Anna, and I kept hearing Anna, Anna, Anna. So in between services, I looked it up, and uh, mm. means favor, grace, yeah. beautiful. So uh, yeah, I, f I feel like he identified me completely. Oh, I love it. He loves to give new names. Okay, one more. So this isn't really in the past, but um, God's been speaking to me through the Chosen series, and I was in the theater the other day um, watching the Chosen series 7 and 8, and God's been speaking to me saying, um, Melissa, I'm here. I'm pulling you out of the water. Oh, praise him. I love it. I love it. Well, did you feel like that was edifying to hear God speak in his fresh words? Good. Well, if something like this, kind of a, a guided time together, is helpful for you, um, I've told South that I would be willing to do a six-week series on like six different pathways. So during the season of Lent, at an eight o'clock hour before first service, you can come and I, I will be guiding some guided time with the Lord to listen to his voice and hear what he says and to do it in some creative pathways. So you're welcome to come. I know that it should be up on the website if you want to sign up for it or just show up during any of the Sundays during Lent. I'd love to help facilitate a way that you can find God accessible. So today, friends, go with the favor and beauty and anointing of God through his spirit. Would you continue to be open to anything that he has to reveal to you, anything that he has to say? Because when you hear his voice and his truth, it will set you free. It will make you come alive. It will bring you into the abundant life and it will shine for all to see. So be open, friends, and go in the name of Jesus. Amen. If God is working in your life through this ministry, join us by partnering with us. You can give online at southfellowship.org give. And thanks for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day.